everybody. Welcome to Rock and Roll Shinsu Chu, episode number 45. My name is Gabe Estel. I'm here with my co-hosts, Dennis Levi-Leach and Jonathan Getz. How's it going, guys? Woo! Glad to hear it. All right. Rock <laughs> and traded. Good deal. All right. Tonight, we're going to cover um, a multitude of topics. We're going to cover uh, Lady Gaga's David Bowie tribute from last week's Grammy Awards. Uh, also, there is a new covers compilation of Grateful Dead songs by some, um, you should say, some of the, the sort of the hotter indie artists, for lack of a better term, in today's world, uh, today's music world. So we're going to talk about that. Also, a little bit about the new Pitchfork lineup that was revealed earlier this week. And then also, baseball. Uh, spring training is here. All teams have reported, uh, pitchers and all pitchers and catchers have reported. So we are certainly excited about that. And we're going to go over Jonah Carey from SI, um, his initial power rankings, and talk about our interpretations of those. So, should be fun. Let's go ahead and kick it off, guys. Um, If you got to see the Grammys last week, uh, fortunately now that we're living in the age of, like, YouTube clips, you don't really have to watch you don't have to suffer through like a right. whole no. show anymore. Yeah, just you just crazy. you wait till you hear the news of like what's watch worthy, yeah. well, and then yeah. you like come back later. And even you know, Betsy and I, we we're kind of award show junkies. Like we just like to. It's it's you know it's a reason to spend some time on the couch and yeah. and, and so, I, this this is what people that don't have children who get to sit down. And <laughs> right, right. Wow. You know, after the cats are tucked <laughs> right. in. Right. Uh, and and but but the Grammys is one that we just never make an effort. Uh-huh. It's like what? Why? You know, right. I, I would rather I would rather sit through like the Screen Actors Guild than uh, sure. awards than than the Grammys. Right. Yeah, you know, I I didn't get to watch it. I I've been meaning to. I, I saw the Gaga tribute, and we're going to talk about that. And I've been meaning to watch the Kendrick Lamar performance because I heard it was really good and. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people, I like that record a lot um, from that he came out with mm-hmm. last Pimp a Butterfly. So, uh, yeah, I, I need to see that. But, um, you know, with this Gaga tribute, it got a lot of criticism. Um, just... And and actually, the first headline I saw was praising it. Yeah. Rolling Stones, you know, well, I was like, use the adjective astonishing, you know. Um, in, in a clickbait world, that's a frequent. Right. Right. Adjective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, obviously, you want people to, to watch the video um, and to go to the site. But yeah, I watched it just for the first time today, um, a little bit kind of, you know, a few days after the buzz has died down. And um, I thought it was OK. You know, I mean, I guess what I didn't like is just and maybe this fueled some of the criticism. I just don't like medleys. Right. Yeah, you know, I don't like hearing forty seconds of a song, if that. In some right. cases, I mean, don't get me wrong; it takes a lot of work to figure that out. Because what they did, like what seven, eight, ten songs, yeah, in there right. they fit in there, and that's impressive to execute. That that's hard to do. Yeah, but yeah. After a while, it's like it's like just eating a bunch of candy for dinner. It's like yeah. it's just like halfway through, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This like I'm getting a stomachache here. Yeah, I think it was evident that she worked hard, and I, I do no think as a, as a performer, no she she works her ass off. Oh yeah, you know, and she I executes. Think. Yeah, I, I mean, I I agree with all that, and part of me was disappointed that they just gave the entire Bowie tribute to one artist. Yeah, that's a good point. Right it, now, that would have been interesting if there was like a revolving stage, and all of a sudden, like a different artist comes in a minute later and does like a minute of another song. You know, yeah, yeah I would rather see eight <laughs> bands do 
a minute apiece of a Bowie song. That would have been tough. Then yeah. see, I mean, and granted, I will give her credit, man. She has pipes, and I thought she did the Star Spangled Banner. Was it at the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah. I thought she yeah. did that really well. She took this, liberties with it, but you know that's this, a pet peeve of mine is when singers take liberties with the national yeah, anthem. But anyway, yeah. only Hendrix can do that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I just I don't know. Parts of it seems like she's working too hard. A little bit. Yeah, like the was, wig. Was, the wig was a little much. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, there's always been kind of like she kind of teeters on contrived at times, you know. Um, yeah, I think but, she's mostly sincere. Yeah, and, probably. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Niall Rogers mm-hmm. was, I guess, lent a lot of credit to the performance. He, he played Stevie, the part of Stevie Ray Vaughan, <laughs> right? Um, and you know, he's just you know an all-time pro, you know, at these things. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, he tweeted afterwards when a lot of the criticism started to emerge. He said, you know, we did what we thought was right in our short time slot, which is, you know, direct and to the point. And, um, yeah, the format probably they were limited with what they could do during the format. I personally would have rather heard just one tune. You yeah. Know, just do one tune and it's or entirety. Because yeah, it's yeah. like it was seven minutes. They could have easily fit in two songs. Yeah. So one or two tunes in their entirety. Uh, would have been my preference yeah. rather than yeah. rather well, than. Well, and if, I mean, if anything, I would think David David Bowie is a big enough artist where they could have done like a thirty minute or an hour long Grammy special just about David Bowie. Yeah. You know what I mean? They could have had some other different artists do, you know, make it to where it's like an actual tribute, not yeah. Well, not, but then they set a precedent, and then they have to do it like every year. They have to answer whether this person deserves an hour long. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, uh, Lemmy, Lemmy got a tribute, didn't he? Uh, I believe oh, with the Hollywood Vampires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, Which was um, fun. Yeah, you know, that yeah. was that was cool. Yeah, I can, I can get behind that band. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, it looks like it's, just, it's for fun, right? You know? Yeah, I mean, it's not trying to be more than it is. No, no. Definitely. Uh, I like Duff as the go-to bass player, too, for, like, celebrity kind of projects. Yeah, 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 he's ready. He's, he's I, just, I just saw him on a commercial. What the hell was it for? Really? Yeah, Duff's on a commercial now. He's selling, or he's doing something. He's got a finance degree. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he went back to school um, a while back ago. I mean, like, you know, af- well That's after cool. BNR's peak. Um, yeah, yeah, more power to him. Um, yeah, Duff, Duff knows how to manage his money, you know, so, uh, yeah. so yeah. Um, well, yeah, so everybody can watch the, uh, the Gaga tribute if you'd like and, uh, tell us your thoughts on it. Um, you know, moving on to the, to our next topic, I want to talk about, there is a tribute coming out that's, it's been talked about for quite a while now. I remember reading about it you know, uh, maybe a year ago even it actually dates back all the way to 2011 okay yeah, so that first yeah. Actually, years ago. yeah 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 and it's you know as in the intro to the show and when I, a few minutes ago when i talked about what topics we were going to cover you know i almost said you know a surprising slew of artists or maybe i did i don't know i don't know if it's that surprising because a lot of these bands over those over the last five years have uh paid homage to the dead in their own, you know, is is if mm-hmm. they've covered the tunes live or in interviews, they've cited them as, you know, an influence. 
um, which kind of, I guess, probably has the the kind of hipster community scratching its head. <laughs> and that's it. That I think that's a part of it. That's why it's considered quote surprising. Yeah. Is is that I I don't think that the dead have really been accepted for whatever that word means uh, into that indie community like that. Uh, the indie fan base. Right. Yeah, even if these bands are citing them as a big influence. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, like I was watching footage of uh, War, uh, War on Drugs playing Touch of Grey, and like most of the audience looked pretty disinterested. Right. <laughs> right. What's this new song? We haven't heard this War, this War on Drugs song before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I I like this. Um, I'm, I'm excited to hear it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I like it because I... I, I live in those two worlds, you know, like I like yeah. those bands, but I also like the Grateful Dead a lot. And I'm, as I get older, I'm not ashamed to admit it, you know, like for, you know what I mean? Sometimes if you say you like the dead, people kind of pigeonhole your taste, you know, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. unfairly probably, but um, I would rather see, and I want to get Levi's take on this. I would rather see, hear these bands who are quote unquote, unlikely um, contributors I, I'm I'd, I'm more curious to hear their take than I would, you know, the bands that are most that are more commonly associated with that yeah. scene. Yeah, you know, like I don't, you know, you know the bands. Insert jam know. band here. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah, I I do think it makes for in the long run a more interesting final product for sure. Um, when I first heard about it, I remember, like you said, I think I heard about it two years ago, maybe, and um. I was like, you know, this is like, I guess, you know, at first I was like, is this going to be like, you know, a, a bunch of bluegrass bands tribute to ACDC or, you know what I mean? Like, cause like, or something, you know what I mean? Like, I wasn't sure how to spin this. Like, I didn't understand that that many indie bands had been influenced by the Grateful Dead to, um, to do it. But I, I think it will be an interesting final product. It's supposed to be like five and a half hours of stuff. Wow! Everybody's on board. It sounds yeah. like. Yeah. So. Sorry, did we say exactly what it was? Um, with oh, the uh, title it, of it, or it's uh, kind of led or, or curated by uh, some dudes from the National, right? Uh, and it's part of the Red Hot organization. It's called the Future Heart. Yeah. Right. Is that it? Something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. The Future Heart. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and for those of you who haven't been following this, I'll just list some of the bands right mm -hmm. now. Um, obviously, as Jonathan mentioned, The National, uh, Jim James and My Morning Dra Jacket, The War on Drugs, Kurt Vile, Bonnie Vare, um, Grizzly Bear, um, Flaming Lips, Wilco. So, yeah, it's it's a pretty impressive list. I, um, and, and it sounds like they're, they're trying to take an approach where, like you said, it's a unique approach. Mm -hmm. uh, where they're they're encouraging them to uh, uh, really take chances with these songs and and take them places maybe they haven't been before. Yeah. And uh, unknown mortal orchestra's Shakedown Street. I'm very excited to hear yeah. that because uh, I'm big fans of both. Mm hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm all about it, man. I hope uh, I hope it's a success, and I hope uh, I hope people dig it. Um... I heard a live version of uh, Wilco and Bob Weir doing St. Stephen. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty good. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I I think it can work. Mm -hmm. I think to, like, a, a, a more diehard Grateful Dead fan, like, on the surface, it's like, wow, I haven't heard of a lot of those bands. And maybe, Not you know, me personally, what I'm saying is, yeah. like, 
like the average deadhead right you ask them you know if they've heard of a ton of those bands they're going to be like no i haven't yeah, yeah. and it's a great I mean, opportunity to to get some uh uh some some new people meeting each other uh in terms of fan bases and sure. uh you know get those deadheads to learn about these bands and get these indie bands fans to learn about the dead you know this is kind of indicative of or it harkens back to the pro- the approach that Bonnaroo took right around 2003 you know it was and i'm i'm using kind of generic labels here but it was kind of like hipster meets hippie mm-hmm. you know is like just in how they they approached the lineup you know, like they still kept like, you know, widespread panic. They kept space for them. But, you know, they also had they also had Sonic Youth. And then they, you know, they, they started to have a lot of, of a lot of younger bands at Bonnaroo as well. And um, I, I like that. You know, I mean, there's there's mm-hmm. plenty of other festivals that where you can go see the Yonder Mountain String Band or something like that if you <laughs> want to. And I, I don't know. I, sh- I shouldn't say my tone there is kind of derisive, but it's um I think it harkens back to the the approach that a lot of the bigger festivals have taken, you know, kind of like rooted in some of the jam band scene, um, and but also you yeah. know looking looking forward as well. Yeah, and I think it's important to have that that pivot uh, for some people who are anxious to you know learn about uh, new music and and are are ready to like you know new things which sounds like it's a really simple thing to do but it's it's not always i remember you know when i i first saw uh neil young sit in with uh with pearl jam at the mtv video music awards in like 93 i believe Mm -hmm. uh you know before then my my familiarity with neil young was was pretty limited other than fm radio and then to see that it just it opened up a lot for me and you know i uh, in some ways consider neil young uh you know a lot of four days out of the week he's my favorite artist of all time um mm-hmm. and just to have that moment where it's like oh i get it like i see yep. i see how these think two things are relatable when otherwise maybe i was just kind of glancing it over uh this other thing initially and now it's like okay i can i can yeah. pivot off of this and really go down another path otherwise i might not have I, well, and I think that was a really great time in music in which a lot of people were wearing their influences on the sleeve. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I I don't want to say that maybe that's not as you know as prevalent today, but it might not be as prevalent sometimes. It, sometimes I think it's tough to hear. To yeah. hear more, yeah. more, you know what I mean? I don't I don't hear a lot of people referencing. Vintage music as much. Yeah, oh, it's just but like it's, it's, it's there, so much out there. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It, there's so much stuff to sift through. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, now now it, in every year, it's just like you can have any new band that comes out could have that many more influences, and it's mm-hmm. not as cut and dry as it used to be. Yeah. Uh, so it's fascinating. I mean, rock and roll is still only like like sixty years old. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard to fathom like how in what infancy this whole music thing is. Not to get mm-hmm. like too deep and out there, but have you ever no, really looked at your hands? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's exciting. It's a, it's a tree with many branches, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I'm excited. I hope they have. I don't know if there's going to be like a, uh, a concert, you know, where some of these bands collaborate. And Actually, play. yeah, there is supposed to be something okay. up in Wisconsin, in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. It sounds like. Cool. 
Yeah. Oh, that's a unlike or that's an interesting location. All right, <laughs> yeah, that's I cool. Um, but yeah, <laughs> all right. Um, so not San Francisco or New York City, but that's <laughs> right. cool. I, I'll, I'll have to double check that and I'll uh, put the link on the website. Right on. Excellent. Well, we look forward to that project, the Future Heart, um, and then also uh, in music news, um, Pitchfork, the now. Uh, you know, now kind of veteran Chicago festival. Um, it's been around now for, for over 10 years, and a lot of big artists have passed through there, and certainly the scope of the, the festival has expanded, and now Condé Nast owns Pitchfork. I don't know if that means, you know, they can book even more high-caliber acts or hmm. not, but, you know, this lineup looks kind of on par with the past few years. Um, so it's going to be over three nights in July in Chicago. It's usually right around the same weekend every year. Uh, just about in mid-July. And the highlight for me would be Brian Wilson performing Pet Sounds. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and then um, there there were a lot of other big acts there. Sufjan Stevens, uh, Broken Social Scene Reunion, uh, uh, one of Levi's favorites, uh, what is it, Kamazi Washington? Um, Yeah. Yeah, I hope I I pronounced that right. He was the musical Um, director on that To Pimp a Butterfly album. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Which... um, yeah, I really uh, – Kendrick Lamar, I think, has played Pitchfork before. But anyway, yeah, you can check out the whole lineup at uh, at Pitchfork's website. Uh, also, Savages are on there. I really like that new Savages record quite mm-hmm. a bit. Yeah. yeah so uh, I would I would definitely dig them. So, you know, we'll we'll take a look here, and we can all offer our the day that we would like to see. Um, it looks like the Friday lineup, I don't know if it starts a little bit later in the day, is a little shorter. Yeah, uh, yeah, than Saturday does, and yeah. Sunday. I would imagine, yeah, they just get off to a little bit of a late start on Friday. So, um, Jonathan, what about you? What day would you pick? I think I would go Friday because of Broken Social Scene. That yeah. is, uh, that that is my white whale for for live bands right now. I've never seen them, uh, and uh, I really, really like Broken Social Scene. Uh, though I would really, at the same time, like to see Royal Headache. Um, and uh, the, the Sufjan Stevens would would be good. I've never seen him. And otherwise, uh, I, I hold on. Car seat heads headrest. That's not a real band, right? That's that's an awful. Know. That's an awful band. That might be the worst <laughs> band name of twenty sixteen. That's that's fucking fake, right? I don't know. <laughs> It's a um, funny. Um, it's a, it's a funny name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like trying too hard. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's like yeah. amazing music. But anyway. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Friday. Uh, I don't even care about anything else. I would go just for Broken Social Scene. What is Carly Rae Jepsen? Is like she now? Is that? Is it might she, just be an ironic. She got cred to the lineup. Or are they I don't, I don't they, they going for the twelve year old crowd here? I don't know. It might uh, be just a. Do, do can can like can parents drop off their kids at Carly Rae Jepsen and then just like go wherever they want? Like they'll watch the kids. Is that how this is gonna work? I don't know. Wow. So who? So broken social scene. Like, what is the reunion lineup? Like I don't know. In the band, you know they, they they play festivals. It seems like every year, like they'll play like one or two dates. It seems like, but they'll never do it. They won't do a tour. Right, and so I think it can be um, like maybe you don't even know until a few weeks before like who will uh-huh. be there. My uh, my favorite member is Andrew Whiteman. Um, of course, I mean Kevin Drew would have to be there, I think, but Andrew Whiteman is 
is uh, is my favorite member because of his work with uh, what he did with Apostle of Hustle. So um, I would really hope that he would be there. Um, but I would probably see him regardless. All right, Levi. What about you? What day would you select? I'd have I gotta go Saturday. Yeah, I, Brian Wilson for sure. Uh, I mean, if you live in the greater Chicago area and you're not there to see Brian Wilson do Pet Sounds. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a once in a lifetime type of opportunity. I think that he might have Al Hardeen playing in his band, too. Yeah. Nice. Which I've always liked Al Hardeen a lot. I always thought he was and like, also kind of the Beach Boys' secret weapons. You know? Sidebar if I pick Saturday, I can also sneak in a Diggable Planets show. Right. Because I'm cool like that. Yeah. Right? No, I would <laughs> definitely see them, too. I mean, there's, you know. I'm not going to be able to go to all three nights. Um, it's just, you know, babysitters are expensive and all of that. So if I am, yeah, it's definitely going to be Saturday as well yeah. for the same reasons Levi mentioned. Um, now, granted, Brian Wilson in 2016, uh, you know, you know that's, that might be taking a little bit of a chance, just, to, I, you know, his, his vocals and his age and, um, uh, you know, it, and his just general demeanor. Live. And it's just, yeah, yeah. Just, just who he is yeah. And, yeah. and his history. Um, you know, the performance will probably be somewhat flawed and reflective of his age, but. Right. You know. Right. I think it's one of those things where it's like if you. I, it's. I, I mean, obvious living legend. And it's one of those things where. When can you say you saw a living legend perform their like greatest work in its entirety? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You oh, don't yeah. you don't get a ton of opportunities in life to be able to say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm going to try to make it cuz I I for for Saturday. Um yeah, that'd be that'd be worth the price I, of admission. I highly recommend if you go on Sunday to see Woods. Woods is a phenomenal band. Yeah. I've uh, I've listened to them a couple times. I'm not intimately familiar. Yeah. But, yeah I uh, highly recommend them. Cool. Good deal. Um, actually, days... actually, they're they're going to be coming through Kansas City, so I will okay. be able to go see them at the Riot Room. So, two days would be unlikely for me, <laughs> um, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. Um, all right. Now let's move on to uh, to baseball. Spring training, woohoo, is here. Um, so, gosh, they'll probably be playing games in about a week or so. I would assume. Um, you know, all teams have now reported. To, to either Arizona or Florida. And, you know, there still are a handful of unsigned free agents, although that list is dwindling. Um, you know, there might be some people now that just, you'll probably hear some retirement announcements soon, I would guess, just because, you know, some, some veterans that I saw on the list that didn't get picked, that haven't declared retirement, but yet haven't gotten picked up by a team, I would assume they would just, you know. Some of them will go, and it seems to be the trend of late, where they'll go, like, halfway through the season and then sign with somebody. Yeah. Uh, like, sign with a contender. Yeah. Which I think is lame, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Jason Stark on ESPN always does, like, his all-unemployed team around this time oh, yeah. of year. And, um, yeah, you know, you, could, you can piece together a pretty decent lineup with some of the guys that were that are left. Um, Fowler, did Fowler get signed? I don't I, know. I, I'd heard Baltimore was close huh. to signing him. Yeah, I'll have I'll check that out now. Uh, I, I... That's the team with the most interest, and I, I yeah. heard a, a deal was... You know, was getting close to being finalized. So, 
he's probably you know one of the biggest difference makers that's left. Um, says then, uh, says they're discussing one or no uh, two years at twenty four mil. It's not bad for him, but but nothing nothing is settled. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you know what I mean. The Orioles are in the driver's seat at this point. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. So there's you know there's still. I don't know how many like big impact players are left. Um, Fowler would probably be the biggest name. And then uh, on the pitching side, um, Orioles, same team. I think they're going after Gallardo as well. Yeah. So he's, he's by far the biggest pitcher left. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the one that could, you know, round out a rotation. Well, um, and everybody else is just kind of, you know, like David freeze is there like people that, you know, sort of might not make much of a difference. Even Freeze uh, should just go open up a, a bar in St. Louis. I mean, the dude, yeah, uh, right. the dude's probably a god there after his World Series performance for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think one of the most interesting uh, things that has transpired in the last week or so for the Cubs is that the Cubs have invited Matt Burton back to spring training. Matt Merton, the uh, oh, red, yeah. red-haired Matt Merton from, yeah. like, 2007, maybe? Yeah. Something like be... that? Yeah. I, yeah. And so uh, I guess he went to Japan in 2010 and, like, broke, broke like, hitting records and of course. stuff. Of course. And, yeah. Nice. And of so, like, he he's played in Japan the last, like, I don't know how many years. And so now, yeah, the Cubs invited him back. So Matt, Matt Merton. <laughs> Try to try to make it on the Cubs team again. Good luck. Yeah, I was like spring training. We talked about this, I think, a little bit last season. I was, I always like to hear like the veterans trying to make the comeback. You know. Yeah, I thought it was like, a White really... Sox had Brad Penny last year. Yeah, yeah, all, you know? yeah. He's always making a go of it. Right. I like. I think they're it's fun stories. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Jonathan had shared a link with Levi and I, um, Jonah Carey, who writes for Sports Illustrated. He has already devised a top top 30, you know, like his power rankings, you could call them. Um, and who's number one? Well, 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 Levi. Um, <laughs> so... So yeah, I'm just I'm just, I'm just echoing what uh, what you're going to hear a lot of this year in, no, in dude, reference I, to the Cubs. It's so much immense pressure. I'm not even on the team, and I'm feeling pressure to win games. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> like it's like what the hell can I do to help the team? Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, I mean, yes, I I would agree that. I mean, if I had to fill out one of these and we will do our predictions here in the coming weeks uh, as it gets a little closer to opening day, I'm, our uh, our podcast will make predictions. Hopefully, hopefully they'll be better than last year's. Um, but uh, I was I was all about Cleveland last year. And we, we see how that turned. <laughs> and Levi I the Red Sox. About, Levi was all about Seattle. So, yeah, I thought yeah, Seattle was going to not. Which, which they weren't, those weren't crazy picks um, a year ago. But anyway. You know, if if I had to fill out one of these power rankings, I would put the Cubs at number one too. Um, you know, obviously you don't win the season on paper, um, but yeah, I would. Uh, I, no respect, are, no respect are, for Kansas City, right? Yeah, the most balanced team. The Cubs are. Yeah, yeah. no, I do. I do agree. The Cubs and they made the biggest splash in the off season, so that helped them a lot to gain that kind of a. To, 
to go up that high on people's lists and you know what I mean? And so I like Jonathan just mentioned, I think people are, are, are uh, down on KC again, man. We talked about it's, this at the beginning of last year. I, yeah. I, people I were expecting it. them to win like 74 games and things. And like somebody that. has already predicted them. that. Somebody has predicted that this year already, that they're going to win 70 something games. And it's like, really? They, they said that they were going to, because of what the Royals did last year, they were going to, you know, figure that into, like, all these Pakoda projections and mm-hmm. and uh, and the and these sabermetricians, who I defend, uh, yeah. were going to consider that, you know, like, how they did what they did, even though they shouldn't have been able to do it, considering, you know, every, what the database spat back out at them, 77 yeah. wins or something, and and uh, regardless, I guess they still think something like 77 wins. <laughs> Um, and so to have them number 10, it's, it's just interesting. It's like, um, y- you know, it's like, it's like you're, uh, um, when Syracuse won the national, uh, when the, won the collegiate basketball tournament as like a four seed mm. and, or a five seed, uh, when they had Carmelo, yeah. Carmelo Anthony. And if you think about it, it's like, okay, so that means they were probably ranked like the last regular season ranking. They were probably like 15th or 20th, somewhere in there. And so they won the championship. And so they were ranked number one for exactly one week. And then the next year, you know, Carmelo's gone after his freshman year. So preseason rankings, they're probably, like, not even ranked in the top 25. And that's kind of like what the Royals have going here. It's like they won the World Series. They were number one essentially for a single week. They have a trophy to show for it, but they were never, ever considered probably number one uh, uh, in many people's power rankings uh, last year or this year. Yeah. I still think they're the best team in the American League. Um to me you know it, it looks like the national league could be a little better than the american league this year yeah he's got f- five of his top six or national league teams yeah and um i uh i wouldn't I, I would say that like when it comes to total wins and losses i think i think the um the national league will be a little stronger well, and i mean this could be the year i might you know maybe one more national league all-star game victory before i die that'd be great right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I could handle that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, 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 that stood out to me as well, Jonathan. The Kansas City I thought was ranked way too low, um, and maybe, I, maybe they're right. I mean, I wouldn't be totally surprised. I, you know what? My the, what I came away with from from this list the most, the most thing that that stood out to me was that the Chicago White Sox are only four spots behind the St. Louis Cardinals. Woohoo! <laughs> Good deal. And you actually, know, most of yeah. that division is in the top top 17. Uh, four out of the five teams are in the, are in the top half, essentially, of the yeah. MLB. Um, and to actually, do, to do a, a quick rundown, so it's Cubs 1, Mets 2, Astros 3, Dodgers 4, and Pirates 5. Mm-hmm. You know, Cardinals still won 100 games last year. Somehow. Oh, yeah. Um, he mentioned that interesting stat about um, ERA with runners and, and, yeah, situational luck, which I had heard of before, yeah. um, but I had never heard of it in the terms of their the Cardinals' ERA with runners in scoring position was just phenomenal last year. Yeah. And that this year probably wouldn't be as good, and, and hence they would break down. But, yeah, what they did last year was pretty remarkable. Yeah, what the, uh, they are 13, and the, the White Sox are 17 on that list. Which I think he got the rights. The White Sox probably right. You know, to me, they're not much more than a 500 team. Um, I hope I'm wrong. 
Um, I will say this, you know, they're, and I've, I've said this on the podcast before, so this is nothing new. You know, I don't, I would rather see the team like, I'd like to see the team look long-term a little more than just kind of this patchwork sort of, um, you know, kind of painting the corners. Gianna Navarro and Alex Avila. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. I'm worried about shortstop and catcher for the white Sox, but yeah, he's probably right. You know, they, with two wild card spots available now, uh, that increases a lot of teams, a lot of teams yeah. that are that are sort of on the margin, that are on the yeah. bubble. It increases their chances. Quite yeah, it's like all but because of the second wild card. It's like all but four teams are still kind of in it yeah. by mid by early September. Yeah, and and baseball's parity has increased quite a bit uh, in recent years. You know, obviously all the Royals won the World Series. Um, you know, there's only like five or six teams this year that are that are probably going to be like just awful. You know, yeah, like like yeah. the Phillies are going to suck like the, you know, the uh, God, who else? Um, the Brewers the are going to suck, Brewers. you know, the Braves. Um, although I think in about about two or three years, the Braves are going to be really good. Like yeah. their farms, their farm system is loaded, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then they think they, they pulled off, I think, one of the best deals. They got the number one draft pick, Dansby Swanson. Yeah, right. You know, for just Shelby Miller. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Atlanta's going to be good in two, three years. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be really good. You know, nothing else as far as I, I think the Twins are going to be better than he thinks they'll be. Yeah, I mean they had a pretty good yeah. last year. Everybody thought they'd finish last. Yeah, right. And look and what they did. They've got a lot of young talent. Uh, Molitor seems like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. You know, so I, I think the Twins are. You know, I if if I had to fill out predictions today. I'd probably pencil in the Twins as one of those wild card spots in the yeah. AL. Yeah. yeah, I think I would. Um, you know, some teams that I don't know where I would put them. Here are five. Toronto, St. Louis, Washington, Cleveland, and the Dodgers. Um, I'm, I'm those, still scared of Toronto and the Dodgers for sure. I, I think both of those teams are going to be good. I think the Dodgers are still going to be good despite having a, a you know a relatively quiet off season. The Dodgers have a lot of young talent too. You know, like they've got they've the Dodgers have Corey a Seager. ton of yeah yeah the Dodgers have a ton of money, but they also have a good farm system, so they yeah. can put a good pretty good product on the field. And then they've got another product coming up through the pipeline, so that's an enviable place to be. You know, mm-hmm. um, whereas you look at a team like the Cubs who are, I. I think are going to be really good for the next at least three, four seasons. Um, you know, that a lot of that minor league talent now is, has arrived at the big league level. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, those five teams to me, I don't really know where to put them. I mean, last year, I think I picked, I predicted all of them to make the playoffs. I don't know about Toronto, but um, and, and that could happen this year. But none of those teams are like those five that I mentioned. They're, they're not none of them are like slam dunks to me. Yeah, I. I... Toronto's bats still scare the crap out of me, and I would I would go ahead and 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 sharpie them in for for the playoffs in some shape or form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Levi, a uh, week's pay. If you had to bet a week's pay on the Cubs winning, making it to at least the NLCS right now, <sighs> would you do it? Would you Would you make that bet? I think so. You would. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I don't, I'm not going to be so bold as to say they're going to win it all. 
But I think the Cubs will will, will be in the NLCS again. Might be facing the Mets again. You know, when I look at the yeah. rest of the NL, I, I I think the team that would stack up the best against the Cubs would be the Giants in the playoffs. Yeah. San Francisco, San Francisco is going to be tough this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they went out and made a bunch of moves to it. You know, they already had a pretty decent team, just kind of an off year. Um, but yeah, they're, yeah, the Giants, the Giants would stack up well against the Cubs. I think they would give them the most trouble yeah. in the playoffs. Because got... I guess the and the Mets too, because of that pitch, the, because of that rotation. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, it's God, that Mets rotation is is uh, is impressive. But yeah, for for the Giants to go out and get Cueto and Samarja makes it interesting. However, I would rather buy stock in the Mets rotation than the Giants rotation. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I would take you could. I will let you choose the two guys off the Mets that you give me for for Cueto and Zamarjo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have that's that's well put. I I I have heard that the Cubs, some people think, have the best rotation in baseball. No, uh, no. I don't. Well, like I hear. I think I think the Cubs have a good five. rotation. We're talking one through five. I think one through three. I mean, you can't argue against the Mets. I think, you know, um, yeah. like those three Mets guys, uh, Harvey, Degrom, and Syndergaard, you know, versus what Arietta, Lester, and Lackey. I'm gonna take the Mets. But if you look at one through five, well, and, and the I thing know. that I think the Cubs may sneak up on some people on this year, you know, not to make bold predictions, but. I think the Cubs bullpen is going to be pretty good because there's yeah. there's about ten or there's about ten or eleven arms competing for like seven spots or whatever, right. and so um, I think the Cubs bullpen is going to be even better than it was. Yeah, I, I, yeah. The, I mean, the Cubs check all the boxes, man. You know, I mean, just just gotta like stay every, healthy. Every box is checked. Offense, chemistry is there. Um, God, they're young. I mean, yeah. just from last year, it seems like the chemistry is there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The, the key. Well, you still got a lot of new guys coming in. That you gotta, yeah. Oh yeah. Gotta rebuild it. Absolutely. And, and aside from Hayward, I don't even know. I don't even know if the Cubs needed all those guys. Right. You know? I right. thought Zobrist was overspending, or like not overspending. He's unneeded. Yeah, four I years at thirty-four. Unneeded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Zobrist is yeah. Is, I hope he has, love like, his versatility. Yeah, but yeah, he's th- four year four year deal at thirty four years old. Yep. Uh, That's why I'm glad the Royals didn't resign him. Yeah, and Lackey, I get. You know, um, it's only a two year deal, so it's nothing crazy. Um, although, if I were the Cubs and my window for winning looks pretty wide right now, you know, they're going to be good for four years. I would have signed um, somebody a little younger than Lackey. You know, I would have gone with. Well, would they would they have gone? You know, after Price, do you think they made a big push for Price? I'm sure that they called. Yeah, but even if even not Price, you know, like they somebody in that sort of, I don't know, maybe Kennedy, maybe uh, maybe maybe even Gallardo. I I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I think, well, yeah, but I but think it's postseason. Part of the lackey thing was yeah. they got a pretty good pitcher out of the deal. Mm-hmm. And they got to take it away from like their biggest from the cart. You're right, sure. and he knows how to pitch in the postseason. Yeah, and, he's got playoff you know experience. I mean? And so it, to be able to take 
two of the Cardinals' best players in one off season. <laughs> yeah, it was a little like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and I've you know I've never been able to experience that ever. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's a it's a new feeling. I'm not used to any of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, It'll be fun. Yeah, have, that's all I can say too. Yeah, definitely have have fun. I'm looking forward it's, to it. I'm getting psyched. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can't wait for baseball. Yeah. Bring it on. That's why we're here. Life has a purpose again. (laughs) That spring (laughs) training has started. Um, All right. So anyway, everybody, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RockInChew. That's in as in Neil Diamond and Vince Neil as well. A little before Uh, and after there. That's right. Vince Neil Diamond. Um, Don't go away, Matt. Just go away. Um, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at rock and chew. Also, you can like us on Facebook and then you can hear previous episodes as well as, um, a lot of cool links and videos, interviews with some of interviews, your favorite artists, interviews with, uh, we've had a, a great run of interviews lately and hopefully we'll continue that. You can find all of that at rockchew.com. So rock chew, no end in that one. Uh, so anyway, until next time we will see everybody. Take care. Peace.